0: Welcome again to the SEM podcast, Zach Hewlett, Jack Bryce here hosting tonight, and we are joined by our good friend, Brady Hess. Brady, how are you, man?
1: So good. So good to be here. Awesome.
0: What part of the world are you calling from tonight?
1: So I'm in St. George, Utah.
0: St. George.
1: Yep.
2: Very
0: cool. Well, from our previous conversation, sounds like you understand the... The format that we've got kind of put together here. So, go ahead and start, you know, pre-mission and the run-up to getting your call, and we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, awesome. Um, well, again, I thanks so much for for putting this together, you two. It's been it's been cool to see um, to hear missionaries um, and kind of piece areas together, um, missionaries that I've heard of, I've seen in area books and whatnot, but uh, to kind of get their perspective and, um, uh, areas that they served in and people that they brought into the church that I had no idea who, who brought them into the church. So it's been, it's been cool. So, yeah. um, but so, okay. So pre-mission, so I grew up in Fremont, California, which, uh, it's in the Bay area, close to San Jose, uh, Oakland area. And, um, it's I mean, my brother served a mission. Um, it was something that was always in the works for me. Um, and um, I've I've heard missionaries share their experiences of um, you know that they have had um, uh, times where they've had like this um, impression that they needed to serve a mission, or even youth that I've worked with um, recently who have who have kind of been on the fence. But I, I was never really that way. Um, I uh, my brother set a good example, and I just—it was just something that was always in the works for me. And um, so um, got the call. I think I—I I think I was in San Diego at the time when the call came, and so I headed back home, I believe, to open it. And uh, nothing fancy. Had some cousins over that, that lived nearby, and um, opened it up. in Scotland—it um, was—it was a shock. I think I—I. Um, I, had never known anybody who have who has ever been to Scotland, but, um, I knew it as William Wallace and kilts. And that's, that's really the extent of, of my, um, that's what it knowledge is of Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. And so I remember my mom, she, she went to the library and got some, some books on Scotland and it's, so I'm reading and it's like rolling Hills and, um, Highland games and kilts, and like nothing like what the mission was uh, whatsoever. Um, but it was, um, it was cool to to kind of figure out where Scotland was. I had no idea where it was at, really. Um, but we were in Utah for maybe Thanksgiving or something right before I left, and um, you guys had Martha Miller on the podcast, yeah. And she was living in my aunt's ward uh, at the time, and she had just returned home from the mission. And I went to her house and uh, chatted with her, and uh, she kind of gave the lowdown on on Scotland. And I remember she she just raved about President and Sister Greens, just raved about them. And so I I knew going into it that uh, that those two were. Um, just so loving and kind. And, and that was really comforting to me to know, uh, that I had, uh, that I kind of knew a little bit about them and going into the mission. So that was a cool experience to, um, to sit down with her before I left. And so that was, um, let's see. I think I got my call in August of 2005 and left in, um, December 7th is when I, reported to the mtc awesome
3: great time to go to the uk
1: yes yeah i'll uh i'll, <laughs> I'll tell you uh where i was at once we get going and yeah it was it was quite the shock <laughs> going from california to to california. not california yep yep
0: Oh man, I love it! All right, go to December two thousand seven. What have you been up to since then? What's what's life from then to now look like?
1: Yeah, so after the mission, um, I came home. I think it was December fourth. Is when I uh, is when I got home and um, went to school. Uh, went to UVU and, um, I guess to jump back a little bit. I so I was into art drawing. And so I thought, you know, graphic design would be cool to do uh, before the mission. And even on the mission that I probably told a bunch of members that that's the path I was going to go. But um, and it was it was later on in my mission as I was able to spend some time with President Brains that I gained a love for business and like the entrepreneur in me kind of came out and so anyway, I, I decided to go into business and um, so I was studying business and um, I, I played soccer for them. Um, I played on the soccer team at UVU and um, I, I uh, played competitive soccer before the mission and club soccer and our high school team was quite good. Um, there were some guys that went and played professional soccer uh, after high school. And so I, I enjoyed playing football in scotland um and i could i could hold my own with with that that, was one of
0: my favorite memories of you is you'd introduce yourself and then you'd play football and they'd be like oh my gosh this is not a normal american (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah, it was it was it was fun um but yeah so i i was playing soccer i was working i worked at a treatment center for at-risk teenagers and that was that was awesome. I was up in Provo, and um, just some crazy, crazy stories. That's that's for another podcast, I guess. But um, but but really good um, life skills uh, that I learned from the mission that I was able to apply there. And um, and then I met my wife. She was teaching high school at Spanish Fork and um she was teaching history and government and then she was coaching basketball with a friend and that friend that she was coaching with um, her husband was best friends with my brother and i think i was the fifth wheel on uh their date and and she was like you know what i'm going to hook you up with my friend and i was like oh whatever and then uh we went on a like a triple date super awkward with my brother and, and his buddy and but the date went well and after that i i went home to my roommates and i was like guys i just met my wife and i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna marry this girl and uh it took her about six months to come around but, but she, <laughs> she eventually did so um and no it was great she uh she paid off some student debt paid off my car she was my sugar mama so <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Uh, well done. I highly, <clears throat> highly recommend that. Um, let's see. Um, oh, so um, on the soccer team, uh, there's a, a kid on the team from Japan. His name was Yuhei. Just a stud. Super, super good guy. And um, he was dating a girl uh, who was a member of the church. He wasn't a member. And um, I knew that he was taking lessons. Uh, discussions from the missionaries, and and we would have talks as we were traveling, and um, he he'd come to me with um, just questions and and whatnot, and and I remember I remember exactly where I was. I got a phone call from him. I was just leaving work, and he told me that he was going to get baptized, and he asked me to baptize him, and um, and that was awesome, um, super cool experience. I didn't really do much other than. You know, just try to live the gospel and um, chat with him about the gospel, but uh, he ended up serving a mission in Australia, and I believe he's in Japan right now. Um, but that's cool, yeah, just an awesome resource for uh, for his country, I'm sure right now. Um, let's see. And then my wife and I lived in Orem for a couple of years, then moved to Lehigh and lived in a um, kind of a newer younger community, townhome community um and so it was that was fun and we had two kids at the time and then i i was working doing sales up in salt lake and um quit soccer just because it was i needed to become an adult and provide for my family so um that was that was hard to do but it was um it was the right thing to do and then Um, was working and then a buddy of mine uh, he came to me with an opportunity and um, on the wireless side so uh, the internet side and he was managing um, a a project that they were doing and so he had me do it just part-time on the side and it was it was awesome it was a it was a cool a cool gig and um, so they were wanting to open up an office, uh, two different offices, one in El Paso, Texas and the other in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I talked to my wife and it was like, El Paso or Albuquerque? And we're like, nope, we're good. Um, pass, hard pass. <laughs> and, um, but eventually he, he talked us into it and sweetened the deal a little bit. And uh, so we moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, that was in 2015. And, um, a month, so we had a one month old baby that, that, um, our third kid, we moved out there, didn't know a soul and things were going really well for us in Lehigh. And we were pretty comfortable with where we were at. And a month to the day that we moved out there, my, my buddy called me up and, and he's like, are you sitting down? (laughs) And I'm like, oh crap, that's never a good way to start a conversation. And, um, he said, they're closing down the, the offices and uh, keeping things in, in Utah, but closing the offices. And I was like, after a month, like you, like you had to have known that something was in the works. And he felt horrible. And, and I, I kind of played it cool on the call. I was like, oh, man, like, it's not your fault. And, um, but after I hung up, I just broke down. Um, it was devastating for me to, to move my family. And I, I couldn't go home and tell my wife. Um just break her heart, but she was a, she was awesome um, with it all. And we really wanted to move back to Utah, but but we felt like we needed to be there. And, and it was, looking back, it, it was that job that took us to Albuquerque, New Mexico. We never would have went for anything else, um, but we needed to be there. So we were there for five years. Um, awesome, awesome learning experience. And um, we grew as a couple, grew as a family. Uh, not having to rely on on our parents or other family members to to get by Um, so that was good really good experience and just so many awesome people in in the area that we were in we almost built a house there Um, and then come the summer of 2020 uh, we had two family reunions in St. George Utah and the second one on the drive up, we're like planning, you know, our house that we're uh, uh, wanting to build in, in Albuquerque, and then on the drive back, uh, during the four days or so that we were there, we felt um, that we needed to move to to St. George. So the drive back, we're like planning on listing our lot and looking at up houses in St. George, and and then a few months later, we we moved out, and uh, uh, we're loving it. We it's been crazy. It's been a hectic. Hectic ride. Um, about four months after we moved here, I got called as bishop. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my gosh! So you yeah. did need to move there. Yeah, it, it, was, uh, <laughs> it was a pretty, pretty crazy, pretty crazy four months. Um, but yeah, anyway, not to dive into that, we can jump back to the back to the mission. That probably
3: worked out okay because everybody's coming back from being shut down for covid and everything anyway right so you weren't the only new faces
1: yeah well it was kind of nice because nobody really knew me and i didn't know anybody so i like it worked in my favor i i had a a clean slate um i could i could be whoever i wanted to be you know but they they picked up quickly on my my antics so
0: so was the person that you met first that said hey he could be the bishop of that ward (laughs)
1: Oh. So um so the the bishop that was serving at the time he got called into the stake presidency um he'd been in for 5 years and um the first Sunday that I was there um I um, was asked to say the opening prayer and the bishop was out of town um he was watching via zoom and after the prayer he texted his um executive secretary and he said who was that that said the prayer and, um I'm really good friends with him now, but he he told me that he he had an impression that I was going to replace him as bishop um, at that moment, which wow, crazy, so yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't even a good prayer, like not even not my best so <laughs> You
0: didn't even try to say, oh, it was a bad internet connection. It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. And we, we were all still wearing masks at the time and just, just oh a weird, gosh. weird situation. But, but yeah, it's been, it's been good. We'll, we'll leave it at that. So. That's amazing. So you have how many yeah. kids now? We have four. So our oldest, yeah. we have one girl. She's our oldest, Riley. She's 11. And then Austin is nine, Dallin is seven, and Caden is four. Nice. Sounds like a good group. Fun, fun ages for sure. That's great. Oh, I love it.
0: Yeah. All right, Brady. So uh, take us back. You can start MTC and kind of go from there.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so I made some notes. I'm going to pull these up real quick. Um, MTC was awesome. We had, um, I haven't gone back to look at, um, how many we had, but I think we had 15 missionaries that went out in our group, um, which I've heard from others that, that they've had, um, about that, um, that went out. We had one sister, sister Bautista, uh, that came out with us and, um, let's see. Um uh, the mtc was awesome. I um so just to kind of start I've gone back through my journal the past couple months or so since you guys started this and I've never read my journal that like from start to finish I never have. I've I've gone back and and, and read different entries but it was amazing to see like at least once a week, I would say this was the hardest day in my life, or this was the longest day in my life, or this is the happiest day of my life. And to see the progression, like every, like as it got harder. And, but like at the same time, I was more stressed out. And it was, it was interesting to see how I kept repeating and saying like, Oh, I had the longest day. I've never been so tired of my life. Or I I'm just, I've never been so happy in my life. And so, Um, I'm glad I was able to go back and observe, uh, that progression uh, in the mission and, but going back to the MTC, um, and also if, if I have any friends that are watching that, that aren't, that don't know the lingo, the MTC is the missionary training center. Um, it's where we go before going out on our missions to learn what the heck we're supposed to share and talk about and to kind of polish up and uh, make sure that we know what we're doing. Um, so our group we were told that we were the first group to go from it was like 19 days down to 15 days and they okay. said that it was because they raised the mtc cost uh was Uh-oh. a reason that that we were told um and i rem- and my uh my roommates were elder oliver elder gregerson and other kilgore And Elder kilgore was my um he was my mtc companion he was awesome. He, he was from San Diego, I think. And he'd only been a member for just a short period of time. Um, and I remember um, president Winwood um, He, he sent a memo to all of us, a letter to all of us and told us that we were the loudest, most disrespectful group he has ever had in the MTC. <laughs> <NCC. laughs> so, oh, so, I mean, <laughs> I mean, take that for what it's worth, but, um, we had fun and I, I don't know if we were disrespectful, but we, I mean, we, they never let us out to go exercise or, uh, so we had to let off our 19 year old energy somehow. He, pr- he probably um,
0: had that letter that he sent out every single transfer.
1: Totally. For sure. <laughs> yep.
0: Yep. I don't remember getting it. Absolutely. Maybe my <laughs> companions did or something.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I I went through my journal and I read that. I, I thought it was funny. But then on the flip side of that, we had a neat experience. It was it was probably one of the last days. We watched, I think, like Ensign of the Nation, and then Lamb of God. And after Lamb of God, President Winwood he asked Elder Gregerson to get up and bear his testimony. And Elder Gregerson bore super strong testimony. And President Winwood said that um, the spirit had never been that strong. After watching the Lamb of God, and as we kind of bore testimony of it, so uh, we we got our act together there towards the end of the of the MTC. Um, and Elder Christofferson came. Um, I think he was in the presidency of the Seventy at the time, and he came with his wife and son. And I remember his son was like, just the man. He just got off his mission, and um, I remember thinking of in Harry Potter, um, was the name Cedric Diggory, just like just the man just like the perfect, um, perfect child and just like everything about him was like, just perfect. Um, Anyway, um, but it was cool to see other Christopherson and his, his wife um, shook all of our hands, they all shook our hands when we walked in. And then they turned the lights off and put a black light on. And we all have this green stuff all over our hands. And she put some substance on her hand just to show that how dirty our hands get as we shake people's hands. Um, and she's like, you just shook my hand and look how, how much stuff is all over your hand. And so I, I remember that that image of all that stuff. <laughs> little my hand. I'm hygiene lesson. Yeah. I'm surprised sister greens didn't take that one to heart.
0: If she'd been in the meeting, she might
1: have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then, and then we took off and then again, like the whole, um, Harry Potter theme, like we're on a train going to the mission home or going to like Hogwarts. And, um, and I remember there's this woman with a trolley going up and down the, the trains, st- uh, the, the train and, and I somehow got like, uh, money and I had like, I had these, I had like a, some Uh, pound coins and like the pence and whatever I can 10 pound or 10 pence. I had no idea what was what. And I went to go buy some snacks and I just hold my hand out with these coins. And I'm like, can you help me out here? I have no idea. And she could have ripped me off super bad, but, um, and then, and then we go to the mission home, like Hogwarts, and we get sorted companion and the companion comes up and like, everybody's cheering for us. And, we get into a zone and it was just it was just like magical it was so cool um everything so new and so green and on the opposite side of the road and it was just it was just such a cool experience um and then so i got my uh, trainer was richard McConkie and um such such a good dude um <laughs> and i think i think maybe before we got sorted into companionships, I think someone mentioned that he was the grandson of Bruce R. McConkie. and um, so just right then, everyone was like, "Oh, like I hope I get McConkie. I hope I get McConkey," um, and so, but I got him. I lucked out, <laughs> and so so we got assigned to Dawn. and um, nice. I don't think that area had had a car, um, but we got a, a brand new. Corsa maybe, um, and we whitewashed the area. I don't know who was in there before us, but we're driving up to Bridgeton, and it, granted, it's like 23rd, I think, because so I think we got to the Mission Home on the 22nd of December, so it's it's December 23rd. We're driving up. It's it's super dark and maybe even raining, and we're driving, and I see this car in the distance with, a, with the headlights on, and I'm like that car's in the same lane as we are. Um, I'm thinking, okay. And it's getting closer. And I'm like, yep, that car is definitely in, in the same lane as us. And it gets super close. And I'm like, uh, the McConkie, are we supposed to be in the left side? And he's, Oh yeah. yeah. And he swerves over super fast. <laughs> <laughs> no. oh, my God. So I <laughs> did any driving in the mission before, um, before that, but, um, or he was zoning out or I don't know something, but I, um, after that he was great he for the most part he figured it out was uh, this like in I,
0: edinburgh as you guys were driving towards the f- the fourth road bridge or whatever or
1: i have i, I can't I, I can't remember yeah middle of nowhere the car was super far out and it, yeah, it felt like forever um <laughs> but yeah i just i i remember that from the drive so we get to bridge um, probably my second day in, we're driving, he's driving, and the the phone rings. And I'm like, he can't get it. So I have to answer the phone. And this woman is just talking Scottish and I am trying to understand just one word um out of every 10. And I hang up and McConkie's like, What'd she want? I was like, I don't even know who it was. Like, I have no idea what she wanted. And and so he calls her back and it was a member invited us for dinner and I was like I, <laughs> I I'm sorry. I I could not like they did not teach us that in the MTC. Um oh my gosh. <laughs> and then and it must have been just a week or two in into the area and one night McConkey is like other Hess, Do you know how many times you spit today? <laughs> and I'm like um no, how many times did I spit? He's like 88 times. You spit 88 times today when we were out, um, walking and, and I, I played baseball that summer for like a traveling team. And so I just, it was still in me to, to just spit all over the place. And so, so that, um, I know that that probably bugged him quite a bit, but (laughs) apparently, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And and you haven't had him on, so he can, he can rebuttal all this stuff, but
0: he's coming on in a few um, weeks.
1: Yeah. Oh, he is coming on in a few weeks.
0: Yeah. Yes, he is.
1: Oh, good. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we'll bring it up and see what he says. Okay, sounds good. Um,
1: <laughs> but I'm I'm sure for every one thing that that he did that bugged me, there's probably five things that I did that bugged him. So, um, being a, a brand new, probably arrogant missionary. Uh, but 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 McCaughy was great. I he was he was just what I needed. He he was super intellectual, super smart, and we had we had Midgley and Bass um, in our in our group, and and Jack, when did you leave the mission? I was in Bass's group, so we left at the beginning of February. Okay,
3: just one transfer after okay. you got there, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember Bass and uh, Osmond saying in our zone conference right before they took off. And it was, it was awesome. But, and then Lineker, he was our district leader. And then Lineker, um, and Midgley were the zone leaders. And I'm not sure if there's ever been a, a more fun, uh, zone leader companionship than those two. Um, we had, we had so much fun on on PDA, even non P days. Those two were, were awesome. Um, have, I don't think anybody has mentioned Moroni's challenge. Have either of you heard of that?
0: I'm trying to remember if it was, is it the um, the the noodle thing, right?
1: Am, so, I, say,
0: am, am I remembering it correctly?
1: So I think Midgley used bread. He soaked a piece of bread. Oh. we lay down and lift Chief, up our Chief shirt. Chief
3: Captain Moroni. Yeah.
1: Chief yes, Captain I remember Moroni? That right
3: now. and
1: so they I don't know if it was some kind of initiation but but he did it on me you put this soggy piece of bread on your stomach and you light a match and then put a cup on top of it and then it suctions the bread in your stomach just the weirdest feeling Um, and I don't know how it got that name but
3: because um, so a young men's leader told me about it before my mission but you, in order to take the cup off, you're supposed to find Chief Captain Moroni in the Book of Mormon, which is not in the <laughs> Book of Mormon.
1: <laughs> no, that's funny. I don't remember that part of it. but uh,
0: I don't either, but you've brought quite a memory back to my I, I can see like the pictures of this happening. <laughs> I don't think we did it together, Jack. It was, it was with somebody no, I, else. I
3: never did it. I just heard about it.
0: Yeah. Somebody had me do it. It was ridiculous.
1: <laughs> yeah. But we uh yeah.
0: revolutionary.
1: Um you guys are in Peterhead, so we had um, Elder Littlefield and Elder Borders. Oh, yeah. Um so it was a it was a pretty big companionship, pretty large companionship. So there's something about Peterhead and large large men to be sent up there. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but I I remember, um, for some reason, I felt like they were always in, in our area, but so I'd go on exchanges with them and another little Phil, I just remember he would, he would put down food like no other. And he would like, I, I told him, I was like, like Brent, right. Like a little bit, like I stop like, I know my limits. And he was like, how, how can you stop until you just feel sick inside? Like how he was just like, it didn't make sense to him to stop eating until you just felt sick. But he was, he was fun. Um, I
0: have a quick story that I I'll probably share when I talk to him, but when we served together, there was a single sister that had three daughters that was worried when we came over for dinner, if she'd have enough food to feed the both of us. She she openly told someone that in the ward, and so we had to go over very like cautiously. It was something else.
1: That's funny. I, I'm, glad, I I'm it. glad it wasn't. I'm glad it wasn't my problem though. <laughs> no, I I believe it. But no, he was, he was he was cool. But yep.
0: Brent uh, was a great eater.
1: Yeah, but Midgley and Lineker, those two, um, and McConkey. I mean, I was I was with him a lot, but but those three, they really set the tone for me um how to how to have fun um as a missionary but then how to how to be serious and how to work elder barber as well he was he was our district leader and him and him and zinkowski uh, didn't get along the best and, and barber he talked about that and i remember one one day president Breen's called me up and he was like elder your pack up your bags and it was like mid transfer i was like what the heck he's like your new companion is elder barber and i was like okay um and then later that night i think midgley called me he's like hey like just stay put zinkowski doesn't want to doesn't want to move and um it's like okay whatever uh that's cool um but we went on exchanges a lot uh mcconkey mcconkey with barber and Zinkowski, um so i spent a lot of time with Zinkowski and barber and loved both of them uh, they were they were a lot of fun um let's see and then as far as members um the adams um chris adam um man craziest, great family funnest, great family so we spent i think we spent christmas with them and the williamsons and they had so their daughter christine and then like rowan and daniel and had a few boys and just and they had a rhodesian ridgeback and Mm -hmm. um they like hunt lions in africa or something crazy and that dog was insane um but just the funnest funnest household and chris he reminded me of a buddy um a guy um who was my parents age back home, Pat McCoy, just the funnest, just still like a kid. Um a little edgy at times, but that you kind of loved him for it, you know. Yeah. Um but that was that was a fun house. And then the Williamsons. Um they had um Owen and DJ um and then um Danny, Danny got yeah. off his mission yep. when I was when I was there, I believe, and uh they were they were fun. And then the Gilmores uh, they were, they were awesome. Such a, such a good family. Um, Matthew, Indeed. we play, we play soccer a lot with Matthew. He, he was really good. And um, I remember going over there, I think for the first time. And I took like two years of piano lessons and couldn't remember anything except for two songs. I think one was Canon and D and I go to the Gilmore's house and I'm like, all right look at this guys. And I play like a lame version of Canon and D and they're all like incredibly gifted, um, uh, musicians and singers. And, and then like, I think for the next 15 or 20 minutes, they were all like going to town on the piano and singing. And I just put me in my place with my lame Canon <laughs> and D attempt to impress the family. Um, but we had an Easter egg hunt there. That was, it was pretty memorable. It was a lot of fun. um, Let's see um the Stevens, um I think I think one of them was English um, with the wife uh, they were an awesome family, the Cattells, i think brother Cattell was the ward mission leader at the time, um and then brother King he's been mentioned uh the the kilt shop owner, oh yeah um, yeah um he he had a super nice jaguar that he'd take us to church and every now and then and <laughs> It was like either take public transportation or have Brother King take us in his super expensive car. So that was nice. Um, And then, so we had a recent convert in uh, the ward. His name is Greg Sinclair and super intellectual guy. He'd been baptized, I don't know, maybe two months before we got there. And I remember him and McConkie would have these discussions like, um, talking about theology, just like deep stuff. And it was like my nap time. These two would just have at it. And I just, I was, I was lost. It was like super warm in his flat. And I, I would, I would just doze off. I had nothing to add to the conversation. (laughs) Um, but, but he, after a couple months, um, I remember noticing a change in him where, because um, he'd come with us to joint teaches, and then um he kind of dog us with appointments and uh, not be uh super solid and and then one day we went over and he'd been drinking and smoking with uh, his his flatmate and just denouncing everything and i remember we kind of well mcconkey uh, talked him kind of down and settled him down and then and then in the weeks to come um it, he was reminded of the, the feelings that he had and, um, the truths that, that, that he knew and, and got him back on track. And I remember a couple months after that, I was still in the area and, um, his parents saw the, the change in him and saw how important the church was to him. And so I think it was for his 21st birthday, uh, they bought him a plane ticket to Salt Lake city so he could go oh, see wow. conference. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was cool. But yeah, Greg. And I've I've I haven't kept in touch with him, but um, I hope he's doing well. But he he was he's a stud. Um and then so McConkie left. I don't know where he went. And then Elder Ford came in, Jason Ford, and we hit it off immediately. Um Midgley trained Elder Ford, I believe. And um kind of prep me on what to expect with, with Ford. Um, but, but yeah, just like instantly we were best friends and, um, and still to this day, we, we keep in touch, um, keep tabs on one another. And, um, we had a challenge, uh, the six weeks we were together to read the book of Mormon from start to finish. And we did, um, which I think was good, really good for the both of us. Um, uh, oh, and then um, these two sisters have been mentioned. Um, Sister Mead and Sister Hutton. Um, and Zach, I think you knew Sister Hutton. She was the hoarder in, in Aberdeen. <laughs> oh,
0: my gosh. Yes, indeed. I've been there, done that. Yeah.
1: But... <laughs> just, she was awesome. Her and sister Mead, sister Mead was like an energizer bunny. Um, and those two were just so faithful and had us over all the time and, and, uh, fun, fun to be around. Um, Oh, and I, so I, I went on a cruise, um, over the summer and I, I don't know how I got talking to this guy, but I think I, maybe he, I saw something on his shirt and, i was like are you from scotland and he's like yeah i was like what part he's like oh it's it's up north and i was like where he's like it's an island i was like which island he said shetland i was like i know exactly where shetland is (laughs) and um it was it was so cool to chat with him and just hear the accent again and i was i was probably like a little kid in a candy shop he's probably like who are you you know and (laughs) <laughs> but just a super super cool guy and then there was another couple um on the cruise from I think Dunfermline uh, he was in the military and um uh, they had a couple kids that were that were awesome that we got to know a little bit um but just when you hear when you meet people from Scotland you just you just want to strike up a conversation just to hear the accent again oh yeah
0: my my favorite place to have that happen is uh is in florida when it's still summer holiday over there like early early september is when i swear we were there just this last september and i i heard so many scottish accents like anything from glasgow to edinburgh to dundee to aberdeen and i was like oh my gosh i can't just pick one person to talk to because there were so many (laughs) but i talked to a couple people and you know, I ran into some people that were from Kirkcudbright, and I said, "Yeah, I lived in Dunfermline for six months." They're like, "Serious?" Like, and mm, instantly mm. best friends. Like, it's the best thing in the world.
1: Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. And I doubt they meet Americans very often who go and live in Scotland. Um, and right. so they're they're immediately it, it kind of piques their interest as well. Um, uh, really, really cool. Um, but it was. It was a special first area for me. And it was really hard. And I remember in my journal I told my parents uh, when I um uh, got the transfer to to move, I said it was probably good because any any longer in that area, it would have been extremely difficult to leave. And it, it was hard to leave. Um but just just really, really fond memories there. And so um
0: hang on, before you move on, Dan Nay told us a story about how you had pretended to be Extra cozy with Jason Ford. Tell us your side of the story.
1: <laughs> oh yes. I, I reached out to 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 Nay um after that to, to just touch base. I, I think I saw him at UVU. Um I think I ran into him. But yeah, everything checked out from from, <laughs> from, from uh from what you're saying. Uh, absolutely. I think money on it that it was barbers.
0: Um, I'm not surprised by that to do that.
1: Yeah. But it was, it was awesome. It was, it was a good way to, to get him introduced to to Ford and I, um, (laughs) that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. I remember Ford and I, we were just super giddy, like rearranging stuff just, and, and I think when, when he was there, we, we couldn't help but to smile and to kind of giggle. And so he had to have known, but he, he bore his heart out, um, to us. It was it was like I I kind of felt bad <laughs> for doing it, and I'm sure like future um, like the next few teaches that he had, he in the back of his mind, he's like I probably shouldn't get so invested in in this person because it could be another prank. <laughs> oh, you, you took his best
0: his best stuff, man. Oh, yeah. it's too funny.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah, but no, yeah, that was that was that was good. Oh. And we must have had a, a zone conference or something because we had Peterhead come down. We had Shetland come down. I think it was Jansen and um, other Archib- Ar- um, Archambo. I think they came down. Um, and we were all together. And um, who else was there? Yeah, so McCabe and um, and. It was probably Ford's idea, but we we like taped our legs in stripes, and then shaved in between the tape, and then removed the tape, and we just have these like <laughs> lines around our legs. It was so dumb. Um, I, I probably shouldn't have said that, but all right, moving on.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my gosh! This is why President vrain said that the verbodens were the sleepovers were forbidden. Cause we always did stupid stuff. No, that's too funny.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So moves came. I got called to spring Boig in Glasgow. And I remember, I think McCabe touched on it, but I got that call and it was like the, you know, you heard of Glasgow and I think with McCabe and I it was like, well, nice knowing you. We'll, uh, m- maybe see you again. Hopefully if I make it out alive, um and um my companion was elder snyder dexter snyder and he had been out for six weeks and i think i was four and a half and um i think elder bear was there before him and they baptized the family um who eventually fell away not too long after which was super unfortunate but um yeah snyder he was he was well, tall for me, probably not tall for you guys. Six four. He was he was pretty tall. Um, but great heart, hard worker, um, just like good to his core. Um, and um, I remember Springboard. We were told was the smallest proselyting area in the mission. Um, and um, we met in a community center, uh, because the church was apparently burned down by NEDs a few years beforehand. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so, so NEDs. So for those that don't know what a NED is, a non-educated delinquent, right? Yep. Is, is what they are. So just kids with parents who are kind of low lives and let their kids run around and, and just kind of terrorize the, the town. Um but but in Springboy, i remember we we this group and they had a they had a soccer ball and i was i was just juggling it just juggling a soccer ball in my my suit and um i think it impressed them enough to just like be like one you're an american two you're this like missionary how are you able to do what you're doing um and i think instantly they were um like like instant friendship with these Neds and and they were like, we got your back. Like any other group of Neds that give you crap, let us know. Like, we'll take them out for you. Like, all right, that's cool. I'll take it. Um, (laughs) But um, I think, I think during that first transfers, we had the, the tri-mission tour where we went to Preston to hear from um, then Elder Nelson. Um, Zach, you went to that, didn't you? I did. Yeah. And I remember that Elder Nelson, President Nelson was President Brains um state president, um, if I if I recall correctly. And so I'm sure it was cool for President brains Breen, to to see Elder Nelson and um both of their capacities and maybe they probably didn't have time to reminisce, but just just to see each other would have hmm. been would have been cool. Interesting. Um yeah. And then I saw Elder Midgley. Um, again, we, we reconnected. I think he was probably on his last transfer, um, but he was there and he gave me something that was really cool, um, and, and really meaningful to me. It was, uh, it was a Sean Connery poster, (laughs) (laughs) um, which, which might sound a little silly, but, um, it had some meaning behind it. Um, he told me to give it to my favorite, um, missionary in the mission before i left um and uh i can't remember who gave it to him before he left um but on the back of the poster it had all the missionaries names on there who had received it and the reason why um they had received it um and it also said that the poster must stay in the mission until the work is done so i i i'm curious if that poster is still floating around. I'm I'm sure during hammer time it got burnt to shreds. (laughs) But
0: uh took the words right out took the words right (laughs) out of my mouth. (laughs) Yeah. But uh,
1: um if I remember later I'll I'll tell you who I gave that poster to. Um we'll we'll add some suspense to this episode. Um so back to Glasgow. Um oh so Snyder and I we were walking down the um Alexandra parade, I think it was, and some guy with his girlfriend shouts out, he's like, Are you Jehovah's Witnesses? And I remember Snyder just kind of looked back, frustrated, and he was like, No. And then it couldn't have been more than five minutes later. We were walking back, um, and then this guy, he'd been drinking. Um, he wasn't a, a Ned per se. He was probably mid-20s, so he was a little older. Um, he's walking towards us, and you could hear his girlfriend say, uh, "Don't try and act tough," and trying to like hold him back. And then he walks up and basically clotheslines Snyder in the face. Um, who, by the way, was like four inches taller than me. So I, I don't know why he went after him. Um, so I tell Snyder to keep walking, um, and told this guy that we don't we don't want any trouble, you know. And as we're walking away, he he's coming at us again, and. I, I look back and he's reaching for something and I'm just like Snyder run, I'm like go, 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 go. And so we're booking it. And I mean, luckily this guy, he he was intoxicated and there's no way he was going to catch up, but, and we probably could have handled him, but, but a few days later he would have had five friends and, and, and he would have been sober and it wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been good. But, um, and then, and it's been mentioned too in that same area not too long after Elder Black and Harrison got jumped and, um, spent some time at the hospital. And so, um, yeah, um, I was only there for, um, three months. I thought it was six weeks, but then going through my, um, my journal and he, I have some, some stories, um, that I came across in my journal with, with you. Um, Oh man,
0: here it comes.
1: Let's see. Um, Oh, um, okay, yeah, I'll I'll hit these up. So um let me see, where are those notes? Uh okay, Hewlett. So we went on exchanges. You were in Hamilton. Okay. And um first off, um there was a guy in our um area, um somewhat recent convert, Gary Salmon, and oh, yeah. you found out that, that your uncle baptized him.
0: Oh my right? gosh, I completely forgot about that.
1: Yeah. Um I, I read that in my journal. So um how you guys figure that out, but um your uncle baptized um his family, baptized Gary Salmon's family.
0: That's right. I do remember that. Holy cow.
1: Did he did he serve in Scotland, your uncle?
0: Yeah, so um it's actually not my direct uncle, but he's uh my my mother's cousin's husband. But I knew him well enough as a family member that uh, when I went to Scotland, he was super excited for me. And interestingly enough, this man who is my uncle, his dad and mom had served a couples mission in Scotland too. So like Scotland is, I mean, their last name is Macintosh, so it's kind of a kind of suits them well, but I remember that exact interaction now that you bring it up.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad I wrote that one down. Um, and then another one. Um, so we were on exchanges, and it was um, I don't know, maybe June of 2006. If that sounds right, um, yeah. it, it must have been must have been warm because you were sweating a little bit. Um, and I remember that you you were sweating so much that it went through your shirt and soaked your tie. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> Um, and for the record, I was, I was sweaty too, but not, not quite that sweaty.
0: Well, okay. Um, Let's be, let's be Frank here. Okay. Spent most of my mission on the East coast and North Hamilton and Glasgow was the furthest South that I got my whole mission. And I I hadn't experienced a summer like that. It was, it was hot. So yeah, it was some warm days. And Mind you, I spent what? 20, 21 months of my mission in a car. So (laughs) I, you know, walking was not, was not a, was not an Elder Hewlett thing.
1: (laughs) I have very few pictures of me in a short sleeve shirt. And that was, I think that month or two was the, the few times that I wore a short sleeve shirt. Yes. Um, Okay. And then one more, um, well, to kind of preface it, so it was a P day and Snyder and I, we were going into town and we jump on a bus and, um, and a number of things happened before. Um, and there was a reason why we jumped on that specific bus and, and we jump on the bus and the first person I see on the bus sitting in the front seat was my high school soccer coach, Johnny Kinnear. And, um, wow. his, his dad, I think played and coached, um, soccer in Scotland and his brother is a dominant canary is a big, um, he he's coached, um, um, I can't think of the teams now, um, uh, a couple of different MLS teams. Um, anyway, he was there for the world cup, kind of touring, touring Europe, um, wow. cool. Houston, Houston dynamo. He was the coach of the Houston dynamo. Um, but anyway, like we make eye contact and he's like, Brady, and I'm like, Johnny, like what? Like, we were both like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Because uh, we were in our P-Day clothes and I had my name tag on and, and he was like, are you on a mission? Because um, um, in high school on my team, I was called the Storm and Mormon. And uh, so he, he knew I was a member <laughs> of the church. And, um, but but it, was, it was such a tender mercy to be able to just have a little piece of of home um, and to just chat with him and um, just see a familiar face and chat. It was like 15 minutes. Um, it wasn't enough time, but it was, it was just so cool to have that experience. But we cool. were on our way to meet up with you guys. Um, I can't remember who your companion was at the time. Um, I know Hardy was there because I wrote about him. Um, it
0: was hard, I, I was in the tri with Hardy and Powell for the last couple of weeks of that transfer because, uh, Elder Hardy was serving with Elder Aurelio at the time and he had to go home earlier because his, uh, his visa was expiring.
1: Okay. <clears throat> so we're at a restaurant. I'm guessing it was probably Jimmy Chung's. I don't know if there's one in there in Glasgow, but, um, and, and they wouldn't give us free water and, so you asked for a cup, and you went um, into the bathroom to get a drink out of the faucet, and then you came back, and we would rotate going in and out of the bathroom with this cup, <laughs> and then an elder Hardy got caught, like they, they caught onto it, and they'd take the cup from Hardy and and spoil our fun and so but <laughs> <laughs> genius yeah i know right yeah <laughs> we were desperate just for for faucet water um but oh, man, that's um, too funny yeah and then a couple more from from spring Boy. um and i forgot about this one until i went through the journal but so snyder and i we were walking um and we heard these two girls behind us talking about jesus and we were like what the heck that's odd and then they they caught up to us and um and were talking to us for a bit, and then they asked for hugs as uh, like as we were done talking and and we we're like, uh, we're not allowed to to give out hugs and so the girl next to me comes in for a kiss um and I move almost just in time, and so she like kisses me like just barely misses and then and then the one next to Snyder. Couldn't reach his face, so she goes and kisses his badge. <laughs> um, so oh we got a little uh, got a little action on the mission. Well, Snyder's badge got some action. On the mission. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, oh my god! I, I completely forgot about that. Uh, oh, that's too funny. And then, so we had we had Rasmussen and Chris Christensen come uh they were traveling and we were probably one of the youngest companionships and I remember that they were traveling to young companionships and and I think we were at um do you guys know sister M uh Mary McCulloch? I think it was she went by Sister M.
0: I don't remember her.
1: Um I think we were at her house and she loves missionaries. And I remember we were there, I don't think Rasmussen mentioned this, but um Uh, we went into her house and a missionary had sent, um, like a wedding invite or whatever to sister M. And, um, it was a former missionary and it was with a girl who Rasmussen used to date and the the shock on his face. Um, I don't, I don't know if he was like, she was still a prospect or whatnot, but just, I remember the look on his face. It was like shock and like despair. And it was, it was funny. (laughs) um but sister sister M she uh, she wrote my parents letters and she met up with me um later in a, another area and she was just she was the best she was she was gold um and uh we were we were chopping and oh I was going to go get that book um we chopped into a guy and he was telling us about this book that he wrote and he goes and gets it and Snyder's like I have that book and it was the glasgow bible Did you guys ever hear about the glasgow bible i think i'd heard about
0: that actually
1: the bible written in scottish slang it was the coolest coolest thing um i need to bust it out and, and read it again but he he brought it out and he was like stoked to hear that snyder had a copy of it and i think his name was like jamie stewart or something like that but he um he sat down and was just reading it to us and it was the coolest coolest That's thing awesome um yeah I'll, his I'll name to, was I'll...
0: jamie the king jamie version
1: yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it was it was awesome
1: um, i think he included just some of the main stories but david and goliath was the best i'll have to send you a screenshot of it um That's awesome and then and we were walking, I remember we were walking, um, right by a bus stop and I see, um, Jack Black on like this, uh, bus stop, like a promotion of Jack Black and for Nacho Libre. And I had heard about Nacho Libre because my cousin, um, directed the movie and I, I had heard about the, the filming of it in like Mexico and, um, and, uh, cause he did, um, napoleon dynamite which was like a massive success and and i had heard about nacho libre and i wasn't quite sure like what it was about and then i see this like billboard um on a bus stop and i see jared hess and i'm like Snyder, like that's my cousin like he he did that movie and i'm like like anybody anybody like that's i'm related to this guy um as the months went on missionaries would come into the mission and just quote nacho libre left and right and I just, I was so like, I was so frustrated. And I think that Christmas, um, <laughs> President Frederick let me watch it. But
3: um, that's how was Dynamite was for me. And Zach's group came in; they were all quoting it,
1: and I was like, "What is this? <laughs> <laughs> <It's> totally weird." <laughs> yeah. Same with same with Macho Libre. Just different humor, but. But it was hilarious um, and then the last thing with with Glasgow um, it was President Breen's last um, um, transfer before he went home and I remember um, the last interview that he gave me um, he said it was it was his departing interview that he essentially gave missionaries before they left and um, he told me something that was extremely impactful for me. Um, he said that, um, I don't know, I'm getting emotional for this. He said, if if I didn't become an assistant to the president, I wouldn't be living up to my potential. And um, and that can go a couple different ways, right? Um, as, a, as a 19-year-old um, arrogant kid, um, it can kind of get in your head a little bit, but um, it instilled in me a confidence that I didn't have um, a confidence that I needed um, to kind of step up and um, elevate my um, ability to be an example and and um, kind of cut the the immaturity out of out of the mission and um, President Breens had a way of leaving you better than how he found you um, whether it was in in interviews or, um, or zone conferences. Um, he had a way of boosting your confidence when you were in his presence. I'm sure both of you had had felt, had felt that same way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, but yeah, so that was, that was kind of a turning point for me. Um, and then, um, and then I, I got transferred to Dundee and, uh, I was training, I trained Elder Buckley, Brandon Buckley. Um, I was sent to the lift ward in Dundee, where I spent the next 10 and a half months of my my mission, which was, which was so so awesome. Um, And but Buckley, he he was was so willing, Um, such a great attitude about the work and um, really, really love my time serving with him. And I, I'd love for you to get him on to maybe share how awful of a trainer maybe I was. And I, I don't know, but we were together, I think for three months. Um, and we had, we had other Peacock as our district leader. Um, I think Peacock was a, he's a fan favorite. He's, uh, such a, such a good guy. Um, uh, so that was fun. I think he was with other loops at the time, but, uh, That was a fun district. But in that area, we had Eileen Turnbull and um, Nessie. I can't remember her last name. Um, And I didn't know that. So Poland, uh, Doug Poland, he talked about these two. Apparently, he brought them into the mission or he brought them into the church. Um, uh, And these two ladies were gold. Um, They would buy groceries for us every week. We went there. I can't remember what day of the week, but we would go to um, Eileen's house and she would have groceries for both of us. And every other week um, they would give us each 10 pounds and they would not let us refuse um, that um, as much as we tried. And and you could picture these two ladies taking a bus to the grocery store. And public transportation, getting groceries, and bringing them back every week for missionaries, um, for a long, long time. And so I've I benefited greatly from <laughs> from uh, from those two. And and Eileen had a, a granddaughter, um, Adela, who, um, and I think this is kind of when member missionary work started to transition a little bit. And if and and we spent some time with with Eileen in her house to to teach her and. And if if we would have been out knocking doors a ton, we we might have missed this opportunity to to get to know her granddaughter. But Adela, um, she um, was not interested really in in our conversation. But as time went on, we first built a relationship with her, and then eventually she uh, began to take the the missionary discussions, and we eventually were able to baptize her and and her sister. As well, Tanya, um, I don't know if she ended up getting baptized. And then Adela's other sister, I remember she came not interested whatsoever, um, kind of against, I I think. And then um, I think she asked one question uh, one week. And that question led to a 45-minute first discussion. And so, um, yeah, so Eileen and and Nessie were just, they were just rock stars. Um, And Eileen helped bring... Adela into the church, and I think Eileen passed away a few years ago. Um, but just great examples of of member missionary work. Um and then one person that probably holds the the biggest place in my heart in Scotland is Sheila Keo. Do you guys have a chance to to know the Keos? Yes, indeed.
0: You were yeah. probably there after Ben went on his
1: mission, right? Yeah. So he, um, he left on his mission. Um, I don't know how long into when I was there, maybe just a few months, three, four months, but yeah. he came uh, to joint teaches with us and he was, he was ready. to. Oh to my gosh.
0: So ready. Unbelievable young man. And their yeah, family he, was so much fun.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, there were probably times where we were on joint teaches and, questions would be asked. And, uh, Buckley and I were like, uh, Ben, you want to take this one for us? <laughs> <laughs> but That's yeah, so he, good. he was awesome. I remember, um, he was on his mission uh, just first out and it must've been, I don't know, mother's day or Christmas or something. And he, he phoned home and, and I walk in the door and she was talking to him and she's like, she's like, "Other there has someone wants to talk to you. And so I got a chat with him for, for a few minutes on his mission and it's pretty cool. he's such a good dude. And yeah, he's, um, I've met up with him in, um, in Utah. Um, it's been a number of years, but he's been out here and I've met up with him and his wife and kids. Um, but Sheila, she, she was my missionary mom. Uh, she calls me her boy. Um, and I remember, um, so they have 10 kids. They had nine kids when I was there. They had one kid after I left. And so their house was just, it was just the best there was always stuff going on. But I remember one, din- one dinner appointment, we were there and I, I, had a rough day. I think we had a, uh, investigator who uh, postponed her baptism. It was just, it was just a rough, rough day. And, um, I probably wasn't hiding my emotions very well. I, I thought I was, but she, I think I was off like in the kitchen or something and she came up and she just said, um, are you okay? Like, are you doing okay? And she probably doesn't remember this, but I, um, I was just like, Oh yeah, I'm great. Good. You know, I'm fine. And, uh, but just, just her coming over and checking on me, it meant the world to me. Um, just to know that, that she cared, uh, and was there for me and, um, kind of had my back. Um, and that's, that's just who she was just, such a Christ-like uh, person, and and we we uh, FaceTime their family every now and then. It's been a while since I have, but um, and then Matthew, um, he came out with us a little bit on joint teaches, and um, he was he was he was fun. We kind of have like a brotherly relationship, like a love hate, um, uh, more like give and take kind of thing, which that's just kind of who he is. But he's he's such a stud. Um, good guy um let's see um and then buckley left after a few months and then borders came in wild borders nice. and i got to know him um in aberdeen when he was in peterhead um, he was a great chef i think his dad was a chef and he he knew his way around the kitchen and so not only was my food bought for me by eileen and nessie but it was also cooked for me by Borders. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was a uh, it was a pretty good uh, pretty good setup there for me and in Dundee for for six months. I was with Borders for six months. Wow know um, yeah. I think after four and a half months we talked to President Frederick and told him to keep us where we were if if that was the Lord's will and, and that was the case. We were able to stay together for a while. Um I remember I can't remember how far into it, but we had a zone basketball conference uh, or basketball tournament and uh, between the three districts, I believe. And like one of the first plays, borders falls down. Hurts his wrist super bad. Um, we ended up keep playing, but that night we, after our visits and whatnot, he's just like, there's something wrong. My wrist hurts. So we went to A&E um, pretty late. Um, turns out he broke a bone in his wrist um how to get it casted the next day and so we had to call a member at like eleven forty five to come pick us up uh mark veal either of you know the veals markville Veal? I remember the name i don't remember his face though yeah it's a shame he's such a such a good dude um and uh but yeah so borders was in a cast for a large part of our time together um Oh, and then I wrote a, I wrote a letter to Arnold Schwarzenegger on my mission. (laughs) I'm not sure how many people can, can say that, but, um, he was the governor of California at the time. And, um, I was asking him to obtain, um, reciprocity for California, uh, driver's licenses in the UK. Um, so some States had it at the time where um, it allowed U.S. citizens um, from that state to obtain a U.K. license um, with no testing and just a small fee. But uh, he vetoed that, unfortunately. So that, that was not to be for me. Good uh, try- You
0: tried. That's impressive.
1: I still have the letter, which is cool. Uh, my mom saved it. I don't know how she got a hold of it, but... Um, yeah, that was, that was cool. Um, and then while we were there, Elder Oaks came to the mission, um, to Glasgow, I believe. So we traveled to Glasgow. Um, we drove with, um, Colin Thompson. He was a recent convert. Uh, and then Pauline Campbell. Um, and, uh, she was awesome. She ended up going on a mission to um temple square so she was super uh missionary minded and um but i remember elder oaks uh, he walks in and he he just speed walks up to the stand um and at the time i don't know what he was probably like 80 um and um he shook all of our hands uh, before the meeting and he said he hadn't prepared anything and that he wanted to look into our eyes to know what um what to speak on and so after he said that we're all like oh crap <laughs> you know um but um but that was really neat the spirit was super strong and, and afterwards uh, mccabe and uh, mcclain joe mcclain and i were just chatting out in the foyer and elder oaks comes up to us and puts his arm around me and he's chatting with us for five minutes um just kind of shooting the breeze about about missionary work and that was that was a Um, A really neat experience uh, to have, and another thing, um, you guys had Zach Clark on the podcast. So (laughs) I remember we were in the foyer, either before or after, and he's like, "He's like, I'm gonna ask Elder Oaks if he's seen Christ. I'm I'm gonna do it, guys. I'm gonna ask him." And we're just like, "Uh, "I don't know if I do that, uh, Elder Clark." Um, He's like, "I don't care. I'm doing it." And then, sure enough um afterwards he walks up to Elder Oaks and he's like, Have you seen Christ? <laughs> and we're all just like, Oh crud, you know, like, oh great, here we go. Um and Elder Oaks, you could tell that he it wasn't the first time he'd been asked. And he responded with a scripture and I cannot remember the scripture um that he shared, but it basically alluded to the fact that he um he had um and uh, in a in a kind of roundabout way but I think we were all kind of glad that Elder Clark asked, but embarrassed.
3: <laughs> the question everybody wants to ask, but nobody nobody does, right? Yeah. That's kind of a big a question.
1: <laughs> leave it to yeah, leave it to <laughs> right. Elder Clark to to do that. Oh, and I reached out to him after his podcast, um and he told me that he's coming to to St. George for uh, I think December 3rd for a, a show and I bought tickets. So I'm going to go see him play um, That's uh, awesome. here in just a few weeks. Yeah, I'm stoked. It'll be good to see him again. Um, let's see. I'm going to look at some notes here. Um, my time in Dundee, man, I, I can, I could spend forever on that. So another person that has a special place in my heart is Michelle Burnage. Um, we entered the area um with not a whole lot of prospects and she was uh um I don't know when she was baptized, but but we went and met with her and even in in the area book it it mentioned that she she had problems with drinking and smoking and um and we met with her and we knew right away that there's just so much potential with her and uh and and we got along really well with her and she had a um, a daughter um, at the time and um and Michelle was awesome and her daughter was Michelle um uh, Michelle Jr um little Michelle but big Michelle she she was awesome and and to be in the area for so long and to see the progress that she made um it went from um just the the situation that she was in to just light um uh, she emulated um just so much light and i remember i mentioned Pauline Campbell who went on a mission she was super instrumental with michelle and i remember we were i can't remember what street it was in dundee but um michelle and pauline dressed up like sister missionaries um, with name tags like paper big huge paper name tags and preach my gospels and they're out just gq on the streets um and so she she came she came such a such a, uh, a long way and and uh, we ended up baptizing her daughter um who was 9 at the time and um I think that was the first person that I baptized um which was really special for me um and um but Michelle I remember I think it was Buckley and I um we we made a deal with her that we would quit eating chocolate if she would quit smoking um and we were pretty much deprived of everything else so chocolate was the only thing that we could <laughs> think of to to quit um, in our, in our life, but she was awesome. And she had an upstairs neighbor, Debbie, who, um, every time we went, Debbie was just gone. She d- wouldn't even make eye contact with us. And, and gradually that turned into, you know, saying hi, um, sticking around a little bit longer. Um, and then to the point where, where we were teaching her the, the lessons as well. Um, and she ended up getting baptized, um, as well. And she had three daughters that just awesome. Um, and Debbie, um, we found out that she was fostered for a time by a family in the ward when she was young, the Campbells, Dennis and Avril Campbell, um, Pauline's parents. And, um, so they instantly had that, had that connection and, and I think it was beneficial for her to have grown up in their home, um, and to kind of feel, just just the spirit and um, uh, she kind of had that um, in her favor, which was awesome. Um, let's see, um, what else? Um, so I was able to go visit Michelle just before I left the mission and um, she had kind of fallen back um, into her old ways. And I can't remember who I was with, but it broke my heart to see her um, in the situation that she was in, and I, I broke down just in front of her, and um, just to see her, to see how far she came, and then to see how how um, uh, kind of where she was at. It was it was super hard to see. Um, but I mean that that life is tough, you know. You have you're surrounded by friends and family who don't live the same standards, and it's just it's a tough cycle to. Um, to get away from. Um, oh, and also Debbie. Um, they had a friend who came over one night and the friend was dressed to party, I think on a Friday night and was a little startled to see us there. But Michelle and, and Debbie were like, not embarrassed to have these missionaries in their house. And um, and that friend started asking like legit questions. And then I, I busted out a um, plan of salvation booklet. And I remember Debbie said, Listen to them because this is true, and it was it was just such a cool experience to be in an area for so long to see the progression um, that they had, and um and yeah, member missionary work was it was off and running. At that point, um, we basically treated members like investigators, where we came up with a a teaching plan where we would teach them the lessons um, and extend them invitations and um, just strengthen the um, the, the member missionary zeal in the area. Um, and we had, we had two little girls that we got invited to their birthday party, um, that they're two twins and their parents told them that they, they could invite two people each. Um, and so they chose to invite the two missionaries that were serving in the lift ward at the time. So we went and had a tea party with, um, Rosie and um, Katie, I think, um, and it was Elder McLean and Goodwin who were serving in Lyft at the time, um, mm-hmm. and we had we had a lot of good good fun with them. Um, and and at the time, especially over Christmas, I remember President Frederick told us to to be in the homes of members to build that trust with them, and so that's exactly what we did. <laughs> Probably a little too much, um, <laughs> but. Um, so the keels, the, the, the veals. I mentioned Mark, um, I think he might've been in the state presidency at the time, or maybe, maybe shortly after, but he was a cop and just like such a stud, such a good dude. Um, and his wife, Angela, and they have four, four daughters. Um, and then Blair and Mark Anderson. Did either of you get to know Blair and Mark?
0: Yep. I knew, uh. I know Blair. Yeah. Blair pretty well. He he married one of the gals, one of the young women from, Joanne. I guess the YSAs from uh, Aberdeen. So, yes, I know Blair.
1: Yeah. Um, he's the bishop, I think, right now in the Lift Ward. Oh, cool. Um, but he was the ward mission leader at the time. And I remember, um, uh, probably shouldn't tell a story, but um, so we were on a teach. I think him and Mark were with us. I remember and um about halfway through I think Mark noticed it and Blair was sitting with his legs open and he had a just a massive hole in his jeans in his crotch and to go along with that he had a hole garments in the same spot
2: <laughs> Jesus
1: so after the teach I think Mark told Blair what what was up. And, uh, I don't think that investigator progressed very far after, after that peep show, but, um, oh, but yeah, no, those, those two were awesome. They're both married. I think Mark's got a ton of kids. Um, but he, I think he married someone from Sweden. Does that sound right. I, I don't know. Maybe. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, and then, and then president Watson, um, and you, know him much better than i do um i'm i'm certain of it but he he was awesome I, I learned so much from his leadership um i remember at the end of 2006 he wanted missionaries to do away with uh chopping in dundee in 2007 the uh, the following year and um he wanted missionaries to be fully reliant on members um uh, and their friends and he had the same the same vision as president frederick Um, And I remember during a stake priesthood training, he challenged all of the Melchizedek priesthood holders um, to bless the um, patriarch of the homes that they were assigned to home teach um, and give them a specific blessing um, to have missionary opportunities. Um, And so that was, and he's, he's a mission president in where at like the Netherlands or.
0: I think it's, I think it's actually in Holland. Okay. So I'm, sure he's,
1: I'm sure he's doing great things out there, but yeah, he, I loved president Watson, his leadership. Um, and then um, so president Frederick talked with me a couple times before moves um, before uh, I think towards the end of that six months with borders. And he he wanted to find a way to keep me in the lift ward because <laughs> things were going really, really well. And so a few days before moves, he called um, and he said that Borders was going to um, stay in the ward, um, switch companionships um, and take over as the district leader. And that I was going to have a awesome new young missionary come and, and serve with me. Um, I think he, he even said one of the best young missionaries in the mission um and he told me I'd have one more transfer in the lift ward and so elder paternoster came with me um, Zach, you pro- he probably came in i'm sure after you left yeah. um, but anthony paternoster that that kid that kid was a stud and instantly we i mean we hit it off um, and we had a contest um to see who could get the most post in the six weeks that we were together. And he's from, he was from England. I can't remember what part. So he had a little bit of an edge, but I, I, I did well for about two weeks. And then he, he just obl- obliterated me after that. Um, but, um, oh, and then we, the, the, the Keos lived just a few blocks away from us. And uh, we were walking back late one night and, um kind of up a hill and then around the corner was our was our flat and we see these neds just looking over the corner um and we're like "Ah, that's odd and then all of a sudden just a massive group of neds come sprinting down this hill like right towards us and i remember there is like like girls and boys and there was this girl in high heels and she lost a high heel and she's just like running and down the hill right at us and and we, we book it to the other side of the, of the street. And luckily they ran past us and there was a, another big group of Neds on like around the corner and they, they just, they went at it. And so we just locked ourselves in our flat and um, just <laughs> called it a night. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, that was interesting. Gotta love those Neds. Um, but. Yeah, with with Elder Pattern Oster, um it's such, a, it's such a team effort uh within the the companionship and it's it's so people facing that it's hard to separate who you are from what you do. Um and it it's also hard to separate who you are from how you're doing. And uh, you gotta have um that cohesion within a um, companionship. It's um, you can't do missionary work. Well, if that cohesion isn't, isn't there in the companionship. And I was fortunate to have companions where we, that cohesion was there. um, And it was, it was easy to focus on the work and not get too uh, distracted with the little things that spitting 88 times to bug your companion or or whatever it might be. But yeah, that to kind of finish up in Dundee, um, Patter Nostra and I, we, we set a goal to teach 40 lessons one week. Uh, we have been close a couple times. And I remember President Frederick called us on Sunday um, to see if we were close, to see how close we were. Um, and uh, we hit it, um, I remember. And I think, um, I can't remember how many joint teachers we had, but within that, um, that, that Lyft ward, there was just so many awesome, awesome members willing to, to help out. And I, I know I missed, I missed so many awesome families, uh, the Clancy's, um, Campbell's, keo's Yeah. But, um, but all good things must come to an end, right? <laughs> um, my time in, in Lyft was, was over. I think after nine months, um, I was with boards for six months. The ward, uh, before moves, the Sunday before moves, saying I'll go where you want me to go, um, and the next Sunday I was back in the ward. <laughs> so <laughs> they uh, they couldn't couldn't get rid of me. Oh, and Bishop Roy, um, did either of you know the Roy's? I can't say that I knew them though. Oh, okay. Anyway, yeah, he he was awesome. He was he was a good bishop. Him and his family. Uh, but anyway, moving on. I could talk about that area forever and ever, but um Frederick that another great missionary would come in and um and and continue the work there and it was Elder Kilgore Colin Kilgore who was my MTC companion and him and him and pattern did did awesome work there they they I know they had a number of baptisms that next transfers and so it was good for him to kind of come in and with a fresh, fresh perspective and fresh spirit, so that I, I was moved all the way to Bingham Terrace um, in in Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> Up the um, oh, jeez. Yep. So, um, and what's funny is that Bingham, like a month later, was under construction. They were renovating it, and so we met back in the lift ward. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's crazy. So that was yeah, that was that was interesting. But um so I I was in the um the zone leader um area um with Elder Payne and I replaced Elder DePold. And Elder DePold, he, he baptized the whole teaching pool and left us with like two investigators. Um <laughs> but uh but yeah, Elder Payne was awesome. He he taught me the ropes. Um, sorry, I gotta charge my my stuff here. Um, I wasn't as prepared traveling today. Um, yeah, he he showed me the ropes with with being a zone leader, and he had a good mix of of being serious, but also um, knowing how to relax and have fun. Um, Zach, did you know uh, Elder Payne?
0: I didn't know Elder Payne. I think he came. No? Or he may have been in other areas of the mission while I was up north before I
1: went home. Okay, yeah, he was from Canada. Uh, he he was a good dude. Um, and so yeah, so we had two invest uh, two investigators that were basically on the on the teaching pool, and I was with him for six weeks, and then Elder Johnson came in, uh, Jeremiah Johnson, and um, I loved serving with Jeremiah Johnson. Such such a humble guy. And I remember, oh, going back to Dundee, there was a member, Scott Campbell, who he promised me that he would take me to a soccer game. Uh, Barcelona was coming into town uh, to play, I think, Dundee FC. And Barcelona at the time had, I mean, Thierry Henry, Ronaldinho, Messi, um, Iniesta. And Zach, you, I mean, you're you're hoodie there. uh, You follow the Premier League, yeah?
0: Oh, yeah. They had a rock star team at Barcelona group. My goodness.
1: Yeah. So, um, and we had legit, legit seats. Um, but he swapped seats with some friends so we could be out kind of in the atmosphere. And, um, I think Ronaldinho scored on a a penalty kick. Um, but that was, that was such a cool experience, um, to, to be super close to, to those players. And, um, but I think he promised that with me and other Paternoster. and Paternoster, He was a good, he was a, he was a good soccer player. And so Paternoster was kind of bummed that he didn't get in on that action, but, <laughs> um, but Johnson, so Jeremiah, we, uh, I remember one Sunday we didn't have anybody sh- to show up to church, um, but we had a number of people that told us that they were going to come. So after priesthood, we drove around, um, to everybody we could think of, um, cause it was three hour church. I think it was priesthood. Sunday school and then um, sacrament meeting and um, couldn't find anybody. And finally, the last people we had time to check in on, it was, uh, um, it was these Indian guys um, that were living together. And they were watching the Wimbledon championship, Federer and Nadal. Um, and it was almost halfway through uh, the match. And they said they'd rather stay um, and watch than go to church, which, I mean, I get it. Um, so I promised them into church that federer would win the wimbledon championship <laughs> and so um and, and so one guy's like he's like all right let's do it so he's getting ready and the, the other guy's sitting there watching and so elder johnson says he gets up and johnson he was probably six four you know and he goes just in his voice he's like put on your shoes we are going to church and this guy gets up puts his shoes on we go to church. Uh, they had a good time. We come back get them in back in time to to watch the end and and sure enough, federer won and um i uh had a sigh of relief um, and then the, and then the next time we we went over there, um one of the guys said federer or, or we said Federer won and one of the guys um in his Indian accent said, "Yes, I come to church regularly <laughs> um but they were they were they were so fun to teach. Um and um so I was with Johnson for six weeks. He left. By the time he left, we had um seven people committed to baptism um in that area. Um and so Elder Payne and I went to work after the poll, just baptized everybody, and um so we were able to um kind of boost up that teaching pool. And then um, and then in comes Elder Paternoster again um to my life um he replaced Elder johnson um so we were reconnected um in in dundee um and i had a cool experience in perth um just to kind of wrap up my my time in dundee well two more experiences there um um there were sisters in perth i can't remember who they were but um did either of you spend time in um perth at all or
0: I only drove through it one time on our way to Dundee, but not enough time to say I knew it well.
1: So um, I remember the church, I think it was a pretty beautiful church, but the the sisters had a baptism, uh, a mom and a son. And as they were changing the ward mission leader, brother Sloan, who was also uh, an awesome guy, he had asked me to, to share my testimony. And I, I, Shared from, I think, Alma 7, um, like 14 and 15, like what um, like what have you against being baptized, something along those lines. And I, I committed um, pretty boldly everybody um, who was not a member to be baptized. And the sisters had an investigator there who um, um, I interviewed him for baptism when I was a district leader just a few months prior. And he wasn't ready at the time um but after the service the sisters could sense that he had felt the spirit really strong and they committed him to be baptized um in a few weeks and he said well i i do it right now if i could and then um i think it was sister Jagger um came over to Johnson and i and just explained it to us and um so we talked to the branch president who was on board um cuz his name was Lindsay McFadgen, i think um he he'd come to church checked all the boxes um, we talked to president Frederick, so it was getting kind of late. We drained the font, um, and had to refill it. Um, and I brought a backup pair of clothes for, I think a young man baptized, um, did the, the baptism before and I brought a, a spare, um, uh, baptismal clothes. Um, and so that was, that was a blessing. So I was able to baptize Lindsay uh, that night and, um, and I remember, oh, and Ella Johnson interviewed him um, right before. Um, and then after the baptism, um, he got up and he bore his testimony. And he said that all he needed was a witness and an invitation. Um, and that was motivation enough to, to be baptized. So that was really cool. Um, that is cool. And then, yeah. Um, let's see. Um, uh, kind of short. Um, family that had like four, three, four boys. Oh, Fisher talked about them breaking their um, foosball table. You remember that?
0: Yes. I remember the story. I don't, I don't know them personally, but yes.
1: Okay. So the Nicholson's. Yeah. We, we, we got to know them pretty well. Mark two weeks before he left on his mission, I, we were playing soccer and I, I elbowed him in the nose. Pretty sure I broke his nose. Um, So he left on his mission with a, with a busted nose. Oh, felt geez. so bad. <laughs> it felt super bad. Um, and then, um, so, uh, pattern and I, we, we had, I think we had 10, 10 investigators scheduled for baptism, um, uh, right towards the end of our time there. Um, and then after, Oh, sorry. One last, one last story there. Um, there was a, there was an investigator at that baptism um, of Lindsay where I baptized him and her name was uh, Rhoda Mackay. Um, and she was, she'd been investigating the church for two to three years. And um, I can't remember who I went with um, to meet with her. I think Perth might've turned into a an elder um, area, but I was with somebody teaching her and she knew the church was true, but she had no desire to quit smoking. Um, and the lesson was going really, really well, and and the spirit was really strong. And um, this was probably the the most bold I've probably ever been in my life. Um, I basically commanded her in the name of Jesus Christ to stop smoking, and I promised if she exercised faith to get baptized that she would no longer have a desire to be baptized. And um, I smoke. remember, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Sorry, it's been a long day. No longer have a desire to smoke. Yeah, thanks for catching that. Um, and I remember a couple of days later, uh, the missionaries, uh, they're called and said that she, she smoked, she tried to smoke, but she threw up because um, it was such a disgusting taste in her mouth. Um, She no longer had a desire to smoke within days. Um, But it was was still a struggle because she had an urge to smoke, but every time she tried, she would throw up. It was was amazing.
3: (laughs) That same same sort of promise was made to my great-grandfather when he was Preparing to go to the temple and be sealed to my great grandmother. He had been smoking since he was eight years old, and they told him, "Well, if you go to the temple, you won't ever smoke again." And that's that's what happened. So, really,
1: wow, amazing. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And I, I think I power of covenant baptism. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and also like the power of like being in tune with the spirit to 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 know how to help, and for someone who's been an investigator for a couple of years, um, and, it, and smoking was, which is a big issue. I mean, that's that's what was keeping her away. Um, that was that was really neat. Um, and then after that, um, I got a call a couple of weeks before transfers to go serve in the mission home with Elder Stringfellow. and um, it was it was kind of like a quad companionship because. Elder um, Martin and O'Brien were still serving as assistants to the president. And Stringfellow, um, he, he got put in, I think, a couple weeks before I did. And so just in an effort not to whitewash the, the assistants, um, Stringfellow was called, and I was, I was called shortly after. And that was a whirlwind, being with, with O'Brien and Martin and Stringfellow. And a lot has been said about, about hammer time. Um, and I thought, I thought in Dundee, we were doing hammer time, uh, per se. Um, but we weren't, <laughs> um, I remember the first, um, that I did with Martin and O'Brien and Stringfellow. We, we randomly stopped by and on a a companionship and we walked in and it was hammer time like it was like looking through stuff and um i remember it got to a point where elder martin (laughs) he chucked a chair outside of the two-story window outside um like in like his frustration at at some of the stuff that these others had and And one of the elders was like, try in. And I was like, what is going like, what is happening? Like, (laughs) like like the assistants didn't do this to me when I was a young missionary. Um, I remember getting in the car after I was sitting in the back with O'Brien and, and he's like, Elder Hess, you need to jump in there next time. Like next time we go do that, like you need to, you need to get in on the action. And I'm just like, "Ah, I don't know if I'm capable of doing that. Um, but whatever, you know, um, but it was it was really unique to be around them and to um, to feel of their motives um cuz their heart was in the right place execution at times uh, yeah, i mean even on my end i'm sure i'm sure missionaries will get on here and say there has to this or that but um execution wasn't wasn't the best i'm sure at times um but but it, it is what it was, and um, nobody's nobody's perfect, I guess. But um, in, and in thinking of my time um, in the mission home, planning moves was a really neat experience. Um, I remember the first recommendation I made to President Frederick that he felt good about or approved. Um, he was like, okay, Elder, let's do it. And in my head, I'm like thinking, crap, like, I'm like, that decision is going to put this missionary somewhere and it's going to like impact them for the rest of their lives. And I was like, wait a minute, like, let's think about this president. Um, Fairly extensive process and it um, reassured um, my time in other areas because we would go through there getting to know you um, sheets that they would fill out. Um, and we would, we would wait for inspiration to come and figure out who needed to, um, to train them. And, um, so that was, that was a unique experience to, to be part of that. Um, and I loved counseling with president Frederick and I, I remember going through my journal and I had forgotten about this, but he, president Frederick had this vision to convert other churches, congregations. <laughs> it was like a, a vision slash dream slash hope that he had. Um, and I remember he told Stringfellow and I about about that um, and how he wanted us to start that process of uh, like converting the pastor and then having the pastor convert these, con- like starting with small congregations. And I mean, nothing ever really came of it, but it was just cool to kind of see where his mind was at. And I, I, doubt that ever made it out to the, to the masses of the mission. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that was my time in the, uh, in the Scotland Edinburgh mission.
3: Very cool. And who did you give the poster to?
1: Oh yes. Um, Anthony Paternoster got it. Yep, he. Uh, yeah, we we served twice, and um, I mean, yeah, it it was it was he was such a such a good dude. You got to have him on. You got to get him on the podcast and have him share his experiences.
0: Yeah, anyone that you're still connected with, I mean, obviously it's a pretty easy invitation to uh, say, "Hey, I was on the podcast. Listen to it and consider being on it." Let them know because we'd love to have him. Um, I mean, just going through the list of the people that I wrote down that you've mentioned, we've barely scratched the surface. So there's plenty, yeah. plenty of opportunities and uh, we're not going away anytime soon. Yeah,
1: so. absolutely. R- love it. I would, um, I think I mentioned a few, but um, uh, McKay Lynch, he was out in my group um, and I served with him towards the end. Have you, do you have him on the, the schedule? I've Tell reached out.
0: I've reached out to him in every facet that I have and I've not heard back from him, including finding his telephone number and calling him and he has not responded. So if you're in touch with him, Hey McKay, come on the podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I ran into him at Coldstone a number of years back, but yeah, he, I mean, he was another fan favorite, just such a good dude and Colin Kilgore get him on. I'd love to hear from him and, Joe Joe McLean, Devin Goodwin, spent a lot of time with them in, in Dundee. Um, but man, even, I mean, yeah, I I know I've spent tons of time, but even just, just so many, so many memories that have, have come back, um, to me in the last just couple months. And so thanks so much for, for giving us this platform. Um, and, and even, I mean, just this, uh, it's probably been almost two hours, which is crazy, but um, just so many memories in the past couple months, which have been been really helpful for me, um, especially right now with um, just the weight of of life. Um, it's been it's been good timing. Good. We appreciate that.
0: <clears throat> I was thumbing through while you were talking, and I found the journal entry of our day that we uh, went on exchanges. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to read oh, the end. This, this awesome. is the best. This is the best part. I mean, of everything else you've mentioned, but I wrote, "Elder Hess made a nice pasta dish with tomato juice and cheese." <laughs>
1: <laughs> power pasta. Is that the what it was? In the Hess household <laughs> staple in the Hess household. Yeah, power pasta.
0: <laughs> and then I wrote, "We then went to work to finish our day. We had planned to chap a street, but the bus was going to take too long, so we walked." As we walked there, the street was non-existent. So we chapped some, uh, some on Duke Street and then walked back from High Street. It was a long walk, so I nearly died when when <laughs> bedtime arrived. <laughs> the, there's
1: there's the reason right there, probably why I was sweating through my shirt. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Good oh, good man. memories, and i've I've had I've had tons just pop into my head just doing this, and I'll have to write them down. Stuff that I've forgotten about and. Um, but that's it's awesome. So awesome.
3: Great. That's been everybody's experience. It, it's it's like a tidal wave. Like right? you come, you think, oh, it's so long ago. I don't remember much. And as soon as you start talking about it and walking through it, it just all starts flooding back. So.
1: Well, and I've noticed. You're I've good. noticed the the episodes get a little longer and longer, and um, <laughs> and and I think it's because we're all remembering so much more. Um, so I think you guys have opened opened the. Um, the, 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 the flood is coming open, the the memory is coming. Yeah. Um, which is good. I'm, I'm probably going to get back and, uh, after this and go chat my wife's ear off for the next little while and uh, talk about, and and I'm sure I miss so many members that, um, that I, and, and missionaries, but there's just not enough time to go through it all.
0: There is time because you can always come back as a guest host. If you get somebody that you want to come on with, let us know if you, if someone needs needs someone to hold their hand and they don't like big, bad (laughs) Zach and Jack, you know, we'd love to have you on as a guest host in the future too. But yeah, I mean, one of the things that we've all discovered, I mean, Jack and I have been reflecting recently. We're, we're nearing our 50th episode and our 50th conversation, which wow. just sounds insane, but uh, yeah. we, we never would have been guessed that we'd be here at that, at this point. But like, I would imagine I haven't re listened to my episode in quite a while, but yeah. I would imagine that if I redid that episode, it would easily be two or three times longer just because yeah. there's so many memories and things that have been, rekindled as we've had these conversations that you know it's it's just one of those things where each of us has different memories of each other and then ultimately we bring them all together and it's just like like you said it's it's a proverbial tidal wave of memories and jack said great the vault has been opened and as each of us listen there's more thoughts and more memories and more people and it's just it's unbelievable so Thank you for contributing to that. We really, really appreciate you taking time after a long travel day. So, Brady, um, yeah, don't hesitate to reach out in the future. If there's people that you come across that are bashful, please let them know that we love them and we'd love to have them. And uh, if we can help in any way to encourage people to come on, that's honestly what we'd love to do.
1: Absolutely. I'll, I'll keep an eye out when you, when you post this and maybe see if I can tag people that I mentioned and, and get them on, but it's, it's, it's such a blessing to have this documented. Yeah. Even though it just scratches the surface, like you said, but just have this documented for, for my kids, uh, maybe grandkids at some point And, um, but just to have, um, have this saved somewhere, um, a platform to, um, to have it and, yeah, just a neat, a neat and, and I've told other people about it and they're like, I need to do that with, with my mission. And so I'm, I'm sure other missions are going to catch on and, and do the same, do the same thing. Cool.
0: We love it. Well, Brady, it has been amazing. Thank you again for, for taking time and sharing everything. We love you as our brother in Scotland and, uh, we'll let you get on with your night. So thanks again, mate. We love you, mate.
1: Okay. Love you guys so much. Take care.
0: All right. Yep. Cheerio, mate. Bye. Bye.